testimonials are also a great source of insights. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but the only reason that my fully booked bootcamp program exists, which I'm going to be running again in the second half of this year, by the way, the only reason it's called Fully Booked Bootcamp is because I was reading through a whole bunch of testimonials from the people I'd worked with, separate testimonials, and they all said, when I started working with Nikki, I didn't have enough clients. And by the time we finished, I was fully booked. That was a light bulb moment for me that only came out of reading back through those testimonials. Hello and welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm Nikki Hutchison and I'm delighted you're here. When I decide on podcast titles, I always try to choose one that's going to pique your curiosity. Something that's going to make you think, oh, I really need to know that right now. But this week's episode is a little different. I don't think this episode has a very clickbaity title. You know, it's not one that stops you in your tracks and makes you think, yes, I must listen to that today. But I do believe that going detective mode, as I call it, and generating insights is one of the most important habits you can get into when it comes to marketing your business. The importance of generating insights is something I had drilled into me during my career as a strategist within ad agencies. As a strategist, you are nothing without insights. Your job is to write the creative brief for the creative teams, the designers and the copywriters, who then work their magic and create the advertising campaigns. But if you don't have any insights in the brief you're giving them, they've got nothing to be creative with. And that's something that I've carried across into my businesses and my approach to marketing since becoming a business owner. And it's something that I really want to try and help you get excited about as well, rather than just seeing research, which is what's required to generate those insights, those golden nuggets, as just a n other thing that you know you should be doing, but you're never actually going to get round to doing because life gets in the way. And trust me, I know how that feels. I really do. But if you can generate real insights, and we'll go into what that means, then it's genuinely going to set you apart from the rest of your industry and from all of your competitors, because you're going to be able to use those insights to create products, services, marketing messages, that your ideal clients are actually interested in. Okay, so I'll stop trying to convince you and we'll dive in. First up, I have a question for you. And that question is, how much research did you do before starting your business? Now, this isn't a trick question. Most people don't do any research before starting their business. Or they might do a bit of research into what's already there and think, oh, there's a bit of a gap in the market, I'll go for it. But often once you've actually started your business, It might not be those initial products or services or messaging that end up being the things you use to actually attract customers. They're often not quite fit for purpose, meaning that we can be left feeling, I wish I had done a little bit more research before I started up. Because of my background, I feel I had a real advantage when I started my first business, my kids' dance company. I did a ton of research before starting that business, and I'll share with you some of the things that I looked into. And whilst I do believe that a background in marketing and market research gave me an advantage, it's never too late. You can conduct your own research and go digging for your own insights whenever you want to. And I'm going to share with you today how you can do it. When I started up, I knew that I wanted to start a kids dance company because I wanted to help children get more active and find an activity that they love. But I also knew there was a lot of competition out there. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know if this is something that you feel about your business as well, 
But in my opinion, one of the single worst things that could possibly happen to me would be for somebody to think I've copied their idea or that I'm really unoriginal and that I've come up with a really mundane, unexciting, non-creative idea. I don't know whether that's also a fear for you or if that's just a quirky thing of mine, but either way, I wanted to make sure that I didn't just create another dance company. So I went out and I researched. I had a friend who was a breakdance teacher and I knew that we wanted to start with breakdance classes and grow things from there. But I wanted to make sure there was an appetite for that. I wanted to make sure there was a market for breakdance classes. So I created an online survey and I also went out and spoke to lots of different people, lots of parents. And what that showed me was that yes, there was an appetite for breakdance classes. But more than that, it also revealed something that I hadn't really thought about which was that people really wanted this style of dance class because they felt there was an abundance of traditional dance classes all over the city targeting girls and that there wasn't enough for boys. Now, I had both a young son and daughter at that point, but it hadn't really crossed my mind that inclusion in dance might be an issue. I was just thinking, oh, these classes will be great for all children to enjoy together. It hadn't crossed my mind that actually offering dance classes that were perceived as being for both boys and girls could create a competitive advantage for me. So that's just one tiny example of an insight that I got from doing that initial research, as well as giving myself the reassurance that there was a market for the business I wanted to start up because people told me there was. Author Dan Zarella is a social media scientist at HubSpot and he has a great quote. He says that marketing without market research is like driving with your eyes closed. And what that quote reinforces for me is basically that everything stems from market research. Everything begins with these insights you're trying to generate. Similar to trying to market your business without thinking about the overall goals and strategy, you're not really sure what you're trying to do or why you're trying to do it. But just because I did that research way back in the early days of my first business, that didn't mean that I knew everything I needed to know. That wasn't me sorted for the rest of the nine years that I ran that business. That was just the first bit of insight gathering that I needed to do to make sure that we created a competitive edge. Then I needed to make sure I stayed ahead and maintained that competitive advantage over time, keeping an eye on trends and fluctuations, new entrants to the market, and changes in consumer desires and behavior. By now, you might be thinking that gathering insights sounds like it could become your full-time job, but you do not have to stop everything that you're doing until you've done some research and gathered those insights. You, as established business owners, will already have been observing things and gathering insights, probably without even being aware of it. But when you stop and think about the casual data that you've gathered, the passing comments customers have made, the feedback you've received, and so on, That's when thoughts begin to be triggered and you can start working out how to gain your own competitive advantage. You can start to pay attention and think, oh, actually, maybe that's a bit of information I can use to promote my business differently or to create a product that's going to appeal to certain people or to help me stand out from my competition or notice new opportunities. But what else can you do to generate insights? The most obvious place to start is always desk research, also known as secondary research. So you're not actually going out to generate this information. This information already exists. You can use sources like blogs. Forbes is always a great source of information. And if you haven't heard of Neil Patel, he's a really bright marketer who specializes in SEO. You can use sites like answerthepublic.com to discover what questions people are asking that relate to your industry or audience. 
You can use Google Trends, troll the comment section of relevant YouTube videos, really let yourself go down a rabbit hole as you become an insight hunter. And don't forget about social media. We all spend hours and hours on there every single week. But how often are we actually searching for specific things? Putting ourselves in our customers' shoes and searching for the things that they might be searching for, either within your industry or other related industries, and the information that they're potentially interested in, can really help. Let's say you're thinking about creating something new. Have a search to see whether that thing already exists or whether people are talking about your potential new area or niche. I sometimes do this before I submit a trademark application. For example, to register a trademark costs around £300 a time. So before I submitted my most recent trademark application for my membership, the Marketing Insiders Club, I made sure that I searched not only the IPO website, but also on social media, making sure that it didn't already exist anywhere that I might want to use it. Making sure that nothing similar existed either. Unsurprisingly, groups and forums, Facebook groups, you've heard me talk about these before, Quora, website. I'm sure you've heard me mention that. That's a great source of information. These are all places where people are uploading information and it's ready for you to mine. You don't have to do all of these. But maybe think about identifying two or three sources that you think are going to be the easiest ones for you to stay on top of regularly without it becoming a chore. For example, with my dance company, Netmums was one of my key sources. And I remember using that every day when my daughter was having her lunchtime nap. Try and subscribe to one or two blogs. And don't forget to include social media, including those Facebook groups and keeping an eye on Google Trends too. Then we've got very specific market research reports that we can utilize. My personal favorite is Mintel. And I was lucky when I worked in ad agencies, they would all subscribe. It's tens of thousands of pounds per year to subscribe to the full database. However, you or I can access Mintel for free via what are called the executive summaries of their reports. And in those executive summaries, there's a large amount of useful information. Let's take blogging as an example. Let's say you want to know what is the future of blogging or what the current trends in blogging are. You can go on to Mintel and do a search and see if there's a report that relates to blogging and then there will be information in the executive summary of that report that you can use to make decisions about what you want to do with your own blog going forward. You can take the same approach no matter what industry you're interested in you will be able to find something that is relevant. I'm sure of it. Then we've got primary data. This is where you go out and gather your own information. You may want to interview people who are customers, potential customers, previous customers. That's often where you unearth the most useful insights. Why are these people no longer buying from you? You may want to issue feedback forms at all stages of the customer journey. In fact, I highly recommend it. Midway through working with someone. As soon as you've finished working with someone, try to send them a feedback form. Even gather information as soon as you've started working with them to find out how they feel at that point. Then you can compare that information with the data that you gather by the end of your period of working together. Do this often and you'll get an overview of how people are feeling, not just in relation to your business, but in relation to what their priorities are right now too. Testimonials are also a great source of insights. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but the only reason that my Fully Booked Bootcamp program exists, which I'm going to be running again in the second half of this year, by the way, 
The only reason it's called Fully Booked Bootcamp is because I was reading through a whole bunch of testimonials from the people I'd worked with, separate testimonials, and they all said, when I started working with Nikki, I didn't have enough clients. And by the time we finished, I was fully booked. That was a light bulb moment for me that only came out of reading back through those testimonials. You can join the waiting list now for Fully Booked Bootcamp at nikkihutchison.com forward slash fully dash booked dash bootcamp. It will come around before we know it. Now back to insights. I know, for example, that right now it's difficult to cut through the noise And so many of us this year feel as if we are racing. We're absolutely pelting through life at 100 miles an hour. So as business owners trying to grab people's attention, it's more challenging than ever before. We know this from informal feedback, from what people are saying online, telling us in communities and when we meet up. So we need to take information like this back into our business. We need to take that information and think, what is going to stop people in their tracks? Or what can we do differently in terms of offers, in terms of messaging, that's going to make people stop, that's actually going to get their attention? But also, we need to ask ourselves, how can we encourage people to actually want to invest their time with us? Because this year, that's what I'm seeing. Time is often more of a priority than money for a lot of people. So we need to be thinking as business owners, how can we show people that we value their time? Perhaps it's about efficiencies. Perhaps it's about not asking them to do too much, making that transaction or that process of buying from us and working with us easier than ever before. These are the kinds of things that can come out of feedback forms, from conversations, from interviews with your potential customers. You'd be surprised by how many people are willing to help. I did a focus group probably a couple of years ago now. I was taking part in somebody else's challenge and one of the tasks was to do a focus group. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go for it. I hadn't done one in a while at that point. And I managed to get six people to come along and give me really useful information. Now, it turned out they were all listening to really big podcasts. So I could have been downhearted at that point. I was trying to work out how I could reach more of these people who were my ideal clients. But actually, I have that information. And I know that longer term, I need to be focusing on trying to get onto these bigger podcasts by hook or by crook, because that's where my ideal customers were telling me they were spending time and these were the podcasts that they were listening to. That's just one example of what came out of that primary research. But don't ignore your gut, please. You have more information and insights ready to be revealed than you might realise. I know, particularly as women business owners, we can doubt ourselves. We can doubt our intuition, but we are smart. We are paying a lot of attention. We are constantly making our own observations and developing our own hunches about our customers, about what we think may work or may not work, about what we think needs to change, about what we are enjoying. These insights are really important, so don't ignore your own observations. Add them in as a data source and try and back them up with facts and figures. Obviously, make sure that they're aligning with what your other research and insight gathering is telling you. But so often, if we quiet the noise, we realise that underneath it all, we already know what we need to do. Okay, so practical steps. Firstly, I suggest you create one place where you can store all of your data and insights. 
John laughs at me. He says, Nikki, the notebooks have to go. You have to get fully digital. I'm never going to be fully digital. I love a notebook. It doesn't matter where you store your insights, but keep them all in one place for easy reference and analysis. Maybe call it your go detective mode notebook. Step two, categorize the sections or tabs or however you're doing it so that you're separating the market data, the secondary research from your own business data and personal insights so that they're not just all merging into one kind of mess and so that you can see whether those hunches that I talked about are actually aligning with the market data and information that you're gathering in there. And then step three, it's time to actually go detective mode. It's all very well planning, but you do need to schedule time in when you're actually going to do this research and it needs to be time when you're going to be left in peace and it needs to be done as regularly as you can manage. For me, it's also really important to make sure that you don't leave a big time lag between gathering the information and then reviewing it because that's when you become disengaged. You go back to your notebook, in my case, and you think, oh, what was that information about again? oh yeah, why have I written down all this stuff? And the neurons that were firing when you gathered that information originally and those valuable insights, a little bit of that is lost over time. So try and keep these stages close together. Try to get into a habit of tracking the small data on a daily or weekly basis and then try and schedule this regular block of time to review every few months. I think that's realistic. I don't think every month is realistic when we've all got so much to do. So I would say if you can do this quarterly, brilliant. Even if you had to push it to twice a year, fine. But anything less than that, you're definitely missing out on valuable information that's going to help you grow your business more effectively. I hope this has been a useful episode. One that's got you thinking about what data you may already have that you could dig into and what new fresh insights you could generate to really understand your business, your customers and the opportunities that exist within your industry or niche. Again, next week with another guest episode. This time I'm talking to Penny Walker of Barbrusa Social, who is a TikTok expert. She's going to be sharing how you can make the most of the opportunities presented by TikTok in 2024. And the good news is that no, it's not too late to grow on TikTok. And even better, you don't have to create elaborate, complicated videos just to get views. Join us back here on the Audience Growth Podcast for that episode with Penny next Friday at 7am. Until then, take care and keep marketing.